0: Sarah and George Joy Property
1: Podcast.
0: In this episode, we will be answering a number of questions that have been sent to us. So, what what checklist would you put together before buying a commercial property? Uh, what do you think will happen in the property market? How to evaluate if a property strategy is going to work in your area? Am I better off buying in a limited company? This is a lot of questions. I know. (laughs) And what are lease options? So, we're going to cover all of this. Uh, So, hi, everyone. I'm George Choi.
1: And I'm Sarah Choi.
0: And welcome to the Sarah and George Choi Property Podcast, the show that helps you to become financially free so you can spend time with your family, traveling, and pursuing your passions. Uh, So, what do you think? What do you think of our new plant wall?
1: Yep it's
0: awesome isn't it <laughs> seriously working on it
1: yeah
0: <laughs> um and i just want to thank, give thanks to a paul um who inspired this idea mm. this idea for us um because we were we were on a video call with him and we saw um he had some plants there and we thought we could get we could get a few yeah. more plants so, yeah well, we're doing uh, so, so much that. zooming and stuff so <laughs> yeah. it would be
1: nice for you guys to look at as well. it's
0: relaxing definitely yeah definitely. um so so let's start with a paul's question mm. one of the questions i would like to ask Uh, from you both is that if you're starting today based on the experience you have so far in your property investment journey um, looking to invest on a commercial property what would be the absolute checklist you would put together um, to carry out your due diligence before you go ahead with an offer? So, what we've got here is we've got a 25 point checklist Mm. that you you can download and I'll put a link to the show notes where you can download this and I'll just pick out a few things there's, from, there's from loads the of
1: stuff so we we, we didn't want to spend three hours going through it
0: yeah exactly so um you know you can divide it basically into into four areas so we've got you know the financials So check that you're happy with the financials mm-hmm. um and you know one of the things that paul mentioned was um putting it into his SAS. so yeah. one of the questions you have to ask yourself is um is this property appropriate to go into the SAS and you should check with your provider as to whether it's appropriate
1: because they've all got slightly different opinions haven't they as to what they have
0: and what you might consider commercial could could be borderline and they might not consider commercial Mm -hmm. property um so the best thing is to ask um for that um you know obviously calculate all your all your costs um so point two is um on the leases so looking at the details of the lease and checking that you are happy with what is being offered there Mm -hmm. and you Um,
1: understand it you understand it. The yeah. so things,
0: the things like you know the lease length, and break clauses, and so on, um, and um, you know making sure things that are Amazon proof and COVID proof. So this is a new a new thing, a new thing mm. that we perhaps didn't have to consider uh, in the past. Um, point three is um, property. Um, you know, is it in good condition? So go and see it. <laughs> You know, is it going to flood? Is, what's the EPC rating like? So mm-hmm. a number of things there. And then the fourth part is basically your pouting Make sure you've got all your power team together yeah. um, in order to go for, you know, go, go through with the purchase. Mm-hmm. So I'll put that as available for download. You can mm-hmm. just click on the show notes and then you can download that, download that as yourself. Um, cool. And if you want, if you want to learn more about how to actually buy and invest in commercial property, then you know this is all covered in the passive property masterclass, uh, and I'll, I'll include a, a link to that as well.
2: Yeah.
0: So well,
2: that'll that get you started anyway. That would definitely get you started. Hi Sarah and Georgia to Leonard and Damien. We were just wondering uh what your thoughts were on the
0: future property investment at the moment given the current the current situation. Uh what do you think will happen in the property market over the next few months? Um whether things are going to stabilize or perhaps keep augmenting as they are at the moment. What 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 are your thoughts on that given COVID and Brexit? Look
1: forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye. Now that's the ultimate question, isn't it?
0: Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> What's gonna happen? So, so yeah. let me just get my magic eight ball. I'm gonna shake yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is the market gonna go up or down? Let's find out. So you know I think um there are there are two main primary drivers um mm. which determine House prices, um, and the first one is kind of, uh, you know, over the long term, which is there. There will always be a shortage of housing. There is always more demand mm. than the housing supplied So that's the first thing, mm-hmm. and you know, it has been made worse due to COVID mm. because self isolation, all the self isolation, taking people to breaking point. Families are splitting up, mm. so therefore there is even more demand for housing. So um, you know that that that's going to the demand for housing will continue um, but it's there is a blip at the moment where it's perhaps been made worse and if you know if you look at it, look at the charts if you, you just go over to the land registry just put in UK house price index for the last 50 years and you'll see the graph is like this mm. and you'll see two little little blips they look tiny honestly where there were house price crashes Um, So what you can what you can think is that, you know, over the long term, provided you are holding these for 10, 20, 30, 50 years, um, then the house prices will continue going up. Mm -hmm. So it gives you a lot of confidence that there is no really no bad time to buy if you're holding for the long term.
1: If you're flipping, better times, there are better
0: times, yes. But if you're if you're flipping, then obviously <laughs> mm, it then becomes relevant. more relevant because yeah. you need you need to know what what's the market going to be like by the time you've flipped a property. And
1: ultimately, you don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so that that's one of the key primary drivers. The other one is low interest rates and the availability of lending. Yeah. So if lenders, they're different. They are different. Mm. So so um, if lenders start restricting and you know removing mortgages from the market and Mm. tightening up the criteria and changing their affordability um ratios then it becomes more difficult to get a mortgage
1: even if the interest rates are low
0: (laughs) so that can also affect um house prices because if people can't can't get a mortgage Mm. but therefore then can't buy a house therefore demand drops and house prices Mm. drop one thing that's
1: happened lately a lot of people who have been furloughed have not been able to get mortgages that thought they could yes Mm. So that, you know, quite a few house sales have actually fallen through around our area where, Mm. you know, more than the normal levels, because I think people are thinking they can get a mortgage, not getting a a mortgage in principle, say, going and offering on a house, completing their chain and then finding they can't actually finance it at all. So we've had a few, you know, come back on the market where we are. So that's something else to bear in mind.
0: Definitely. Um, and then looking looking say more over the short term, you know, what's going to happen say into, into next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know over Christmas there, there will be a dip and this is normal. So this is seasonal. There's normally a dip over Christmas because you know people people aren't, aren't working anymore. they just mm-hmm. they don't want to think about houses. No. Uh, and they're just they're relaxing they the down, and lock, and they're locked down <laughs> at the moment, and they're just spending time <laughs> with family. And mm-hmm. so so normally not a lot happens. But hit, but when January hits, there's normally a spike in
2: mm-hmm. house
0: prices because families break up again so this is one of the key periods mm. um where estate agents rub their hands with glee because yeah. families split up over christmas um and therefore there's more demand for houses yeah. um so that 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 will happen it's been made worse during covid obviously mm. because people have been stuck together um but expect it to happen again in january then what will happen past that you know you've got rightmove saying it's going to increase you've got rick saying it's going to decrease mm. um and the answer is you know who knows it could go either way and partly i'd say it's due to government intervention as yeah. to what happens how much they're willing to intervene and so far we've seen them intervene a lot so we've seen them we've seen them stimulating the market through to um not you know not needing to pay stamp duty up to 500k mm-hmm. um, we've seen them uh, extend help to buy so that's that's extended now. We've seen them have the um the, the Green Homes grant, and, and that's been extended as well. Mm. Um then you know, even though unemployment is anticipated to increase substantially, um, may, you know, maybe another million people going unemployed, um, then you know the government has introduced universal credit and has been boosting that up. Mm. Uh and then you know, companies are being able to furlough staff and get money that's from been that. Extended it's as been well. extended, and then there are grants as well that have been giving out for people on small business rates. Mm-hmm. So the government is intervening a lot in order to, keep, you know, keep keep the economy up and keep keep um, property um, up and not mm. being repossessed. So, um, you know, I think a lot of it comes down to how, you know, how far is the government going to yeah. um, willing to go and continue um, I mean, pumping out so much money? Yeah,
1: I mean, ultimately, <laughs> house prices come down to people's opinion. That's all it is. It's sentiment. Mm. It's are people willing to buy? And if at the moment people are, but. At some point if there's a tipping point and people decide it, it's not such a sensible time to buy uh you know but we don't know when that is
0: but the poo, as i said is like <laughs> that's a proof uh, yeah. and as i say on the short it out. term
1: it's like oh my god
0: oh my god 20 percent drop it doesn't, yeah, doesn't, make it doesn't, us, doesn't make any difference doesn't make any difference just if you are buying for cash flow it makes mm. it no difference and you're and you're holding for the long term mm-hmm. so say so you're buying property you're going to keep it for 20 years yeah. and you bought it based on cash flow then provided um you know you've, you've worked out all your figures properly you don't care no. okay it, it blips down 20% this year it's, it's a bit
1: annoying it's a bit annoying. Short term.
0: if you were trying to remortgage it it would be very annoying mm. if you if you if you you know baked that into your numbers but if you hadn't baked that into your numbers mm. they you just go oh. I mean we've we've you know personally we've been through one so we went through the 2008-2009 um drop in house prices and you know Look where we are today, so exactly. yeah. um, it works out in the end. It doesn't, the house price drops don't bother us at all. Yeah, as I say,
1: it depends on your strategy. But if, if you're literally flipping and you're going to be selling it again in six months, then yeah, then it, it's, it's quite relevant. But yeah. that's not generally what we advocate people do.
2: No. Hi, George, this
0: is Ganesh Praktor. Um, so I have one question. Um, I would like to understand, um, uh, how to evaluate if a property strategy works in that area, for example if i am if i want to do a um say residential uh uh buy to buy to let or if i'm doing service accommodation or something like that i just want to know uh how to find that area is the right right place to invest so that's my question thank you so much bye now
1: okay ganesh um it depends on your objectives really um you, you know we advocate trying to do it in a reasonable area to get to so um, you need to be basically looking at the kind of strategies that appeal to you and which work for your kind of objectives in the next few years and what you ultimately want to be holding long term as well um, you need to investigate the demand for that service or product in your area so Is there a rental demand? Is there an SA demand? Is there an HMO demand, depending on whatever you're doing? Um, Is there a commercial demand? You know, that's quite variable at the moment. Um, And bear in mind that obviously, you're only going to be making money from these properties, if there's a tenant in them. (sighs) It's all well and good. um, Going, okay, if I do this, I'm going to be making this much money a month, and it all looks rosy. But if there just aren't people that want to rent in that area, or if Um, so it's a student let and nobody's being a student anymore Um, you know you're going to be losing money so you know investigate is what you're providing needed Hmm. basically Um, and then ultimately it comes down to doing the numbers Um, looking at what you can buy running through all the spreadsheets and seeing what works in your area I mean not everything works everywhere um, and you know different strategies don't suit everybody so Mm -hmm. you want to be just you know running what could work in the area that you're interested in and obviously we go through this in our passive property masterclass as well yeah uh you know mm-hmm. we go through all the different strategies and then we teach you how to do all the different analysis that's your best bet just be systematic try not to be emotional about it because if you've you know really set your hearts on a particular strategy in a particular area it just may not work you mm. might have to if you're really keen on that strategy you might have to move to a different town is your patch for that to work in which case that's fine but don't try and flog a dead horse you know if, if you're really keen on a particular area and you just think well i can only go half an hour then you may have to you know change what you're doing for that particular area
2: mm-hmm.
1: but there you go so that's that one yeah next question
2: hi george and sarah it's karen here so i have a question about becoming a limited company to buy a buy to let property in. So I've looked at the mortgage rates, and the mortgage rates for um, me doing it personally, about 1.9%, but the mortgage rates for doing it in a limited company are about 3%. Now, when I sit down with my calculator with the big buttons, what I work out is that um, basically... I'm not really saving much money in being able to tax deduct the interest payments on my mortgage in a limited company. And actually, from a financial point of view, I'm better off buying this particular rent to buy in my own name. But you know the one thing that you guys go on about quite a lot is doing it as a limited company. So I just wondered if you had anything more to say on the pros and cons of that, and whether I'm am I taking a short term view here, or from a long term view, is it better to actually be in that limited company? Any thoughts you've got would be great. Uh, thanks very much. Bye.
1: Okay, Karen, this is a, an interesting question, and we want to caveat it with disclaimer: speak to your accountant because everybody's tax situation is a little bit different and it is very complicated, but we'll give you kind of a, an idea. Um, so why would you want to buy a property in a limited company? Mm-hmm. Um, partly it limits your liability. So by putting a house in a limited company, if you're getting sued personally, it has a level of protection. So that is a great thing. Or if you have different companies and one of them goes down terribly, if your houses are in a different company, they're safe, so that's a good, good reason—a safety reason—to have yeah. properties in a particular company because um, it, it just protects it. You know, if you're buying these properties, you wanna you wanna not have to lose them. So you know, that's a good plan. So the government has now introduced something called Section 24, which, uh, if you're a landlord, you know all about. Um, basically, they've decided that you can't claim your mortgages against your rent, even though it's still a cost. Um, so basically, if you're earning money it looks like you're earning a lot more money than you are and you can be pushed quite easily into 40-minute tax bracket even if you don't think you should be so what we'll do is we'll put a link to a calculator below and you can work that out if you've got a property portfolio already because you need to know you know what your tax file limit is um, but just to say that if you're in a limiting company you don't have this problem because mortgages are now expensable so that's one big reason not to do it um
0: and, and rents go up over time yeah so they do you, you can
1: be pushed further in be
0: slowly going further and further mm. to the 40 percent tax bracket yeah without realizing it
1: yeah so that's that's one reason to buy within a limited company mm. um other advantages for being a director in a limited company is that um you can expense 300 pounds gift allowance per year per director which Mm -hmm. is quite nice Um, you can do a little bit of entertaining 150 pounds per director per year you can expense mobiles and things you can do that in a normal company as well if you're Mm -hmm. just owning them privately Um, if you want a sas you've got to link it to some kind of limited company so it's quite a good one to link to a property company so we've got a couple of modules that cover this in a bit more detail because it is very complicated Um, just there's, there's one caveat in this if you're if you're a very low earner um and you're looking to have, you know, if, you, if you're happy to earn, say, £20,000 completely as, as a person, um, it can be an advantage to say buy one or two properties. And if, if that's all you're ever going to do,
0: and you have no intention, and you've got, got no intention to earn
1: more money or ramp mm. it up, yeah, it can be a lot cheaper to have them privately mm. because there's less expenses with, say, accounting and stuff. Um, but if you're planning on kind of maxing it out or kind of, Getting anywhere near the forty percent tax bracket, it can be a good idea to buy a limited company. So, but Mm. speak to your
0: accountant because
1: they'll be able to give you that.
0: And by near, you know, you could quite easily be paying twenty thousand a year in mortgages. Mm. Um, So you you don't need to be that close. You can just be on thirty thousand of of you know income after you take any costs out. And then once you put that twenty thousand in mortgages in, now you're forty percent taxpayer. Mm. But you haven't really got that money.
1: But have a look at the calculator, and it can uh, it can show you that.
2: Okay. So I was just wondering if you could tell me what are lease options? I've heard of lease options for a pound or something. I think it sounds a bit strange. I haven't had a chance to, to look into what they are, and I wondered if you could tell me.
1: Okay, thanks, Jane. So what is a lease option? Um, it is a right to buy, but not an obligation to buy. So it's an option that's in its its title, mm-hmm. isn't it? So yeah. You generally um, You can either have an option option, which is just you buy it, Um, A lease option is where you're renting it in the meantime, so you're leasing it whilst you're Mm -hmm. doing it. Um, It always has a term so a certain number of years. Um, The agreement says it will run. Mm -hmm. Um, You always have to pay at least a pound consideration to make it a legal document. Um, Otherwise, it's not enforceable. Um, And generally, you'll need to pay a monthly rent. for it during the option period, and you, you may have to pay an upfront fee depending on you know if, if they want a certain amount, say ten thousand pounds for the lease option. You know it's, it's all negotiable because it's a contract. Mm-hmm. Um, rent to buy is part of the lease option kind of um, area. We've got a couple of rent to buys. Um, that is where you have a property, but the tenant actually takes the option on your property. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of reverse. You can either do it yourself and get an option on a property or you can lease option your property out. Yeah. But as the landlord, then you are obligated to sell mm. if they want to buy it. Yeah. That's how a rent to buy works. Um, and again, we cover on the course.
0: Yeah, and rent to buy is you know, a great strategy because what you're doing is you can also feel good about yourself, mm. the fact that you're helping people to get onto the property ladder who perhaps couldn't have afforded to go out and buy a house. Yeah, because right
2: you're kind of buying it in chunks, aren't you? Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. Hi, everyone. My name is Nenees. Uh, the question that I'd have for George and Sarah would be, what advice would you give your younger self?
0: Great question, Mimmy's. Great question. <laughs> if only we
1: had a time machine.
0: <laughs> I'd love to get that, or, or Time Turner, as they have in Harry yeah, Potter.
1: Yeah,
0: I know. <laughs> I want one of those for Christmas. Santa. Yes. if you're listening, that's what I want.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think, 20 years. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. I think about this all the time, but it's bizarre. Mm. Um, f- first thing, don't buy that BMW, George. Don't do it. Step away. Yeah. Uh, I, my first car was a BMW, brand new. It's the most stupid thing I ever did. <laughs> okay, maybe not you the most. You loved
1: that car. I
0: loved that car. It was mm. one of it's Yeah, it was one of my favorite. One of my favorite cars, definitely, because I had, you know, a real <laughs> bond with my car. <laughs> um. But anyway, anyway, you know, I'm on a more sensible note. You know, if I'd have instead taken that money mm. and bought a house with it. Yeah. Um. Or as an investment property, bought bought an investment property. Mm-hmm. I could have used the income from that to go and lease myself a car.
1: Yeah.
0: So it's like, duh.
1: We just didn't know. <laughs> we didn't know at the time. So
0: I ended up with a car, which was a depreciating asset, whereas mm-hmm. I could have ended up with a house appreciating, going up in value, and it paid for my car. Yeah. So I could have, I could have had both.
1: Yeah.
0: I was done. Um, so that be, that would definitely be the first thing that I tell my former self. Um, the other thing I tell myself is stop spending money <laughs> I was blowing like blowing money like water you would not mm-hmm. believe it um and if I'd have you know thought seriously about my future yeah um we you know so we became financially free when Sarah was 39 you know we, we could have done it in our 20s yeah. if we'd have set our minds to it and think right are going to crack down we're just going to go go for it scale up the portfolio as fast as possible mm-hmm. and then that's it relax for yeah. the rest of our life to do whatever we want
1: but we didn't have that mindset at the time. No, we didn't. That's why we're trying to help people. <laughs>
0: um, the other thing I would have said um is buy refurbish refinance. Now, actually, we were doing this, we just didn't know that it was called that. Yeah. So there wasn't it wasn't a term for it in those days. We were just buying properties, doing Decorating them, up, them. you know, doing yeah. them, refurbishing them, um, doing a fluff and buff as it's known these days, but again, we didn't call it a fluff and buff, um, and you know, remortgaging them later. So we were already doing this, but we didn't know that's what it was. So that's something um I definitely recommend because it enables you to um,
1: bake some money in. Bake, bake some money in, increase
0: increase a bit of the equity, and it can make your your you know your real cash go a little bit further. Uh, and again, it's covered in the passive property masterclass. There's loads of <laughs> modules on there. Um, so it's great. All these questions are, are um, covered. Um, so I hope you enjoyed those questions. So thanks for listening to the Sarah and George Choi Property Podcast. Uh, I hope you found this useful. If you did, then send it to one of your friends so they can they can use it too. Uh, and uh we'll see you next week. Bye.